In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, how does a teacher who sucks so badly and is so sorry garner so much staff support? Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal, uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. How does someone who sucks so badly have so many supporters? I mean, I'm amazed with who's come to me advocating for Miss Parker. I think she's a terrible teacher, and I've put off having that talk with her, but the time has come. Mr. Jenkins has come to me and asked that I tell her one thing or another. Now, I know why I haven't told her as of yet about her contract and assignment for next year. I'm very clear about that strategy. The fact is, I didn't make the time to evaluate her out. So I was hoping she'd get fed up and transfer on her own. I have big time respect for Adams, Akers, and Anderson, and all three of them have, in one way or another, spoken on this teacher's behalf. I've set up a time to meet with her tomorrow morning. I plan to speak from the gut and from the heart. A part of me wanted to meet in her classroom so I could point out all the areas she falls short. But I'll meet in my office and tell her what my perceptions are, what my observations have been. And I have to tell you, I'm wired differently because if I were her, I would leave a cold bastard like me behind. Right, baby, let's get into it. This reflection, I'll tell you, has come with some uh, age and maturity and experience because I I remember how I felt back then. And when those staff members were coming to me, and these were friends of hers, and more importantly, really solid teachers. Like teachers, like I mentioned, I had a lot of respect for them. I mean, I changed their names in in the journal entry, but... When they came to me individually, I was just baffled. I was like, she sucks, and you know she sucks. And yet you're advocating. I mean, to one teacher's credit, I mean, he was just advocating, like, just tell her something, please, Mr. Williams. Can you just tell her something? But it 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 did. It just baffled me for, for years. I, I thought about that, and I saw it more as something I didn't understand. It It wasn't like their advocacy ate away at you know my their credibility in my eyes it didn't you know they they remained great teachers you know and so that wasn't it I just I just could not connect to where their head was and I think over time what I've realized and it's you know again time age experience is you know colleagues they see each other as people first a lot of the time you know and there's nothing wrong with that like they're people they're not evaluators that you know teachers aren't in, in each other's classrooms and you know as a school leader I'm thinking about performance and results first and you know great personality and great personal connection that's a bonus but I think performance first I think outcomes first 
I don't think people first. You know, like personal relationships first is what I'm saying. Not, you know, I don't think people first. And so, you know, we, we're coming from two completely different vantage points. Um, and again, you know, her colleagues aren't evaluators. Uh, and so, in hindsight, you know, I wouldn't expect them to, you know, have the lenses I had. And, you know, my lenses were clear. I mean, you might be a, a nice person. And I've mentioned this in past episodes. You know, I, I've worked with people who I would love to have a, the barbecue on Saturday or I just know intuitively that they would blend in well with my family at family gatherings. But, Lord, they drive me fucking crazy at work. Like, I don't want to work with them. And um, there's something very human about that. You know, and in the consultancy, I've, I've worked in schools where, you know, it's really known that, you know, that we got a couple of staff members that really need a change. Like they need to make a change. They're not good for kids. They're not serving themselves well. They're not serving the culture well. And yet there's always a level of like empathy. And it's almost like, uh, you know, by the grace of God, I'm screwing up the quote. What's the quote? There go by the grace of God. In other words, see, I'm I'm butchering the quote, so I'm just going to give it to you in bootlegging, bootleg English. While... I believe it's like while colleagues know that a colleague may be underperforming, a part of them is thinking that like that could be me one day. And I I believe that that that's part of the empathy that goes into this. Um and I was frustrated. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was I was very frustrated by it. So um I believe in hindsight also my frustration also lie in the fact that I didn't make the time to evaluate her out of the position. Like I, I actually, you know, I saw enough, I knew enough, I heard enough, I'd seen enough, but I did not make time formally. And I'm not going to make excuses, you know, years later, I'm not going to do it. I'm not afraid to tell you that, you know, as tough as it was to have her on staff and listen, there are there's a spectrum of really bad teachers, bad staff, and bad educators. She wasn't a like a, a kid killer. Like she wasn't going to be in, in the newspaper at all. But she definitely did not like her performance. That was not aligned with the culture we were trying to build there. You know that that was definite. Um, and a lot of it was willful. That's the thing. You know, I've worked with truly struggling teachers that leave you with a real dilemma like is it like can they improve or should they try to find something else you know she was just a mean shit she was a mean shit and whatever however she woke up that day if she decided it was going to be a shitty day then everybody's going to get shit on that day it was one of those things like her stuff was willful and it just seemed bitter and it just it drove me crazy I think I think that willfulness is what like gets under my skin even more than the frustration of trying to guide a teacher through and you can't really tell whether this is a competence issue or whether or not they just need more time and more repetitions um but she had a lot of support on staff and again these are from people you know who 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 could teach my kids so uh that was something but again i believe my larger frustration is that i didn't make the time i didn't make the time and while she wasn't 
you know, her style that year wasn't aligned with the culture we were trying to build. I'm not afraid to tell you that she wasn't, her issues weren't on a top 10. <laughs> if there were 10 spots on the first team all-star team, she wasn't on that team yet. That's how much of a shit show um, it was at our school. But I was still frustrated that, you know, she was not on the bus out of that piece at the end of the year. And so we uh, we had that talk and I was really clear and really emphatic about areas that had to change. And again, it's willful stuff. I'm not even talking about like teaching skills. I'm like demeanor and just like yelling and just being just fucking mean to kids. And, and I did see, because we did, you know, we connected as a staff on several different occasions. So I did see a side of her that could be pleasant and funny. But I needed her to show that, show more effort. It was... And I did my best to try to be clear about that because I knew I was going to have her for another year. And I know a part of me felt guilty. Like I was letting kids down. Like a new class of kids are coming in there and it's, you know, there's a chance that it's going to be like a subpar performance. And so... I was really clear and long story short she was much better the next year much better the next year but it was a it was really a frustrating experience it just reinforced to me one more time like I gotta get my priorities in order as a leader and as much of a pain in the ass as it is to put pen to paper and move people along and move them out like I, I had to make that a priority I had to make it a priority. I, I couldn't wait for, you know, magic to happen. I was trying to wait her out. And I figured if I frustrated her enough, <laughs> not the best leadership strategy, but if I just uh, stayed quiet and just continue to be passive aggressive, maybe she just like pack her shit and go. But it did not work out that way. And um, I had to eat that. Start with the crown. And I know, I know I've changed the launch date 11 13 times. Now, May 5th, 2022. So if you're hearing this message prior to May 5th, go to ruthlessequity.com for more information. If you're hearing this message after May 5th, 2022, go to amazon.com, order your copy of Ruthless Equity. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, with one phone call, my situation went from good to great. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.